up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackler. It is Monday, August 17th. It's fantasy freaking football draft season. Officially. Officially. Next three weeks. It's on. It's effing on. <laughs> Don't mean to curse. I didn't really curse. But I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up on a Monday. Happy to be here. Training camp is in full swing, so we are going to go around the league on the show today and uh, talk about a whole bunch of notes from NFL training camp. Some of them good, some of them not so good, of course. Hey, injuries are going to start happening, and it sounds like there could be a potential one that we'll need to talk about on today's show. But of course, before I get to that, I got to tell you about our sponsor here, Monkey Knife Fight. Of course, if you like to play daily fantasy sports, well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. It's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary cap. You don't have to play against the Sharks. It means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports. Monkey Knife Fight has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up to play at MonkeyKnifeFight.com today. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply and see site for full terms and restrictions. I tell you what, man, if you have the opportunity to play on Monkey Knife Fight, I would really appreciate if you use that promo code RANT. I would be super helpful. You know, stuff like this helps the show continue, and I would love to continue the show. It's uh, not a free operation, unfortunately. So, hey, signing up, use the promo code RANT. Everybody wins. You get 50 bucks for free. I get to keep doing this show. That's one way. You know, I have had people say, hey, hey, how can I help you out? Here you go. Use promo code RANT. That is one way you can help the podcast out at monkeyknifefight.com. So I really appreciate everybody uh, who has already signed up. And if you haven't already, it's another way to play DFS. It's not really a bad thing. Anyway, let's get into this because I have a buttload. That's a technical term. A buttload of news items to get to on the show today. Uh, So the first one deals with Tom Brady. And the narrative of TB in TB is that TB can no longer throw the football. I tend to disagree. It's one of those sports talk radio narratives. You know, I'm going to call in. I'm going to say something I've heard other people say. I don't really know if it's true, but I think, feel, or believe it. It's not true. If you watch Tom Brady last year, he had no problem throwing the football. And in fact, Cameron Braid saying yesterday that Tom Brady can still sling it. I mean, it is Cameron Braid. It is this part of the year. But I'm using this more as a launching point to say, I mean, if we're poo-pooing the idea of Tom Brady being an effective passer this season, and we're only basing that on what we think, feel, or believe, and not based on what we saw last year, then I think we got to go back to the drawing board a little bit. He was fine last year. He just didn't have anybody to throw to. And this year, he doesn't have that problem, fortunately. Now, Peter King was down there at Bucks training camp, and he said that essentially he said O.J. Howard is going to lead the team in snaps. 
at tight end and Gronk was going to be third among tight ends in snaps. But let's be really clear. With Peter King, what he's saying here is every down. Yeah, O.J. Howard is an every down tight end. But I don't know about you. I'm not in any fantasy leagues where you get points for blocking in the run game for tight ends, your points per blocking league. They don't exist. So I don't care if Gronk's not on the field every down. In fact, I know Gronk's going to be on the field in passing situations primarily. Historically, a very good blocking tight end. No doubt about it. But it's in the Bucks' best interest to not use him there. And actually, O.J. Howard's a little bit underrated in that regard. And they like what he can do. There's a reason why the team has continued to hold on to him. So Gronk will still out of these pass catchers. Because Cameron Braid, how about that? They have three pretty... That's a really good trio of tight ends. That's pretty impressive. They're all going to be involved, but I do think Gronk is by far the most heavily involved in the passing game. It just is another thing, though, that's going to put a little bit of a cap on Gronk, and it makes me not willing to take him where he's going in fantasy drafts. And a lot of people are looking at it like, hey, he's the name brand guy. I know what Gronk is. Therefore, I'm going to take him after eight tight ends go off the board. And I just don't want to be in that in that area. By the way, uh, tomorrow on the podcast, we are going to talk about the draft day checklist. And of course, where I'm drafting tight ends is a part of that checklist. So basically the 10 things that I want to accomplish on draft day. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So we'll do that on the pod tomorrow. I was only, I think it was only a matter of time before this news broke and it happened today. And I'm never going to be happy about a player getting hurt because, hey, these guys are human beings. And, you know, obviously I've been injured, as I'm sure you probably have been as well. And it's not fun. But to me, this this is one of those things that sort of slows now. I think it's going to slow the momentum of this really uh, random A.J. Green hype because at practice, A.J. Green tweaked his hamstring and then watched the rest of the practice from the sideline. This was the issue. I said it numerous times. I'm not in the business of predicting injuries, but this is pretty easy. He's over. He's well north of 30 now. He's coming off of two seasons that were injury plagued. Well, not even it wasn't even an injury play. He didn't play last year. The year before was injury plagued. The injuries are starting to mount up. It's only a matter of time. People love the name. It's kind of like Gronk, and I, I love the name too. AJ Green. I had a, a number of years where AJ Green was an awesome fantasy receiver on a number of my teams. This is not going to be one of those years. And in a lot of ways, I think the team kind of made a statement in who they drafted in T. Higgins. Now, T. Higgins is not going to be A.J. Green long-term. A.J. Green is a special player. But a bigger-bodied receiver who could ultimately long-term potentially take over as that X, that could be T. Higgins. I don't know for certain, but it could be. He has that profile. I, I mean, hey, this coming to the end of the line with A.J. Green, I would fade him at all costs, and this is just yet another reason why. Fade him at all costs. Uh, Justin Jefferson's not a player who I'm going to fade necessarily. He's not a player I'm going out and targeting, but Vikings OC Gary Kubiak saying he's exactly what we drafted. I like that because that means for the long term especially – He's also the long-term replacement. Like, you know, you look at that. He's going to be the long-term Adam Thielen replacement in this offense. He is a guy who certainly impressed last year, as basically everybody on LSU did. But where he impressed the most is being that, you know, he moved from the outside to the slot, plays a big slot, headed into the combine. And I'll tell you, I talked to a lot of people at the combine who said, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't think he's as athletic as he should be. 
Well, he answered those questions. That was before he tested. And I had talked to people who thought he was more of a day two prospect before he tested. After he tested, everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) If he can do that, then he's a day one prospect. So Phil's a need. He's running with the twos, but I wouldn't take much of that at face value right now. There's one that I'm going to talk about in a minute, though, that maybe we should take at face value, but I wouldn't take it at face value. I think he's ultimately going to be a starter when the season opens up. Uh, We heard from the New York Daily News about the Jets. They're saying that Jamison Crowder is very clearly the best wide receiver. Of course he is. (laughs) I mean, we're comparing him to Brashad Perryman and Denzel Mims and a whole bunch of other dudes. Of course he is. That doesn't mean he's the best fantasy receiver. I, I, As of now, if I had to take one, and I really don't like it, if I had to take one, it's Brashad Perryman, and I really don't like it. I don't really want any piece of it right now. Jameson Crowder just doesn't have upside for fantasy purposes. Good football player. You know, it's one of those where fantasy and reality don't necessarily meet entirely. It, it, you know, and that's where we are with him. So just keep that in mind. Just don't let the roto world effect take uh, take hold there. And now we think that Jamison Crowder is a great fantasy option just because he was blurbed about because the beat writer said something positive about him. The beat writer, of course, isn't talking about fantasy. He's talking about football. And like I said, good football player. Speaking of good football player, Brian Edwards. Oh, shoot. This just keeps getting better and better. Although I will say I am slightly concerned here because the other player I like for the Raiders is Henry Ruggs and Edwards is playing over him in the with the first team right now. Now, again, maybe we shouldn't read too much into it. Say Jones is playing with the first team. So is Nelson Aguilar or as my friends in Philadelphia call him Nelson Aguilar. Uh, De- Devontae Booker is playing with the first team. So take that for what it is. But this could be something. And Brian Edwards is a really good player, man. And uh, Derek Carr has acknowledged that. He said uh, he's someone where there's just a trust. He also said Brian is a violent route runner, and that's a good thing. Violent hands like that. Uh, And then also Carr said he reminds me of Devontae. And remember, maybe you don't know this. Maybe, Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Who knows? Derek Carr's receiver in college was Devontae Adams. So that's a pretty nice receiver to have, and that is a high compliment. I do not think it's hyperbole. It's a little bit teammate speak, sure, but I don't think that this, hey, if Edwards wasn't banged up, he would have went a lot earlier than he did, and he still went on day two. Edwards is a very nice player who stepped into the SEC as a true freshman at 17 years old in September. He turned 18 during the season and put up good numbers against the SEC as a true freshman. This kid can ball. Do not overlook him. Henry Ruggs can ball as well. Make Take a little bit more time. I'm not moving my rankings, by the way. I'm not looking at Brian Edwards as a rankable or a, a, a draftable guy in my rankings. I'm not looking at Henry Ruggs as now all of a sudden I'm fading him in around 11, 10, 9, that range, wherever he ends up going as we roll through fantasy draft uh, month here. Not moving it yet, but I am keeping an eye on this. Mike McCarthy saying CeeDee Lamb's going to line up on the outside and in the slot. That's good. That's what I had hoped. Really, you want that versatility out of these guys. CeeDee has that versatility. He has that athleticism. He does enter behind Amari Cooper, behind Michael Gallup. But, you know, when I think about it, so Gallup is a veteran, and he has that edge on CeeDee because of that fact. But when you think about coming into the league, I thought Michael Gallup was a pretty good player. But I didn't have him, you know, when I look back at my evaluation of him, he's nowhere near what I would have CeeDee Lamb at. 
So coming into the league, CD is ahead of where Gallup is, but Gallup is obviously way ahead of CD being a veteran on this roster in this offense, you know, and it's going to be pretty close to the same offense as last year, even though the head coach is different. The OC is the same. So the question is, can CD make up that gap? I don't think it happens before the season starts, but I wouldn't rule it out by the time we get into the middle of the season. You know, I have this article up at ftnfantasy.com. A lot of people have read it, really like it. It's a nice list if you end up going uh, running back heavy early. Say you draft three running backs in the first four rounds. I did this on this podcast as well, but you can check it out. Uh, I have CeeDee Lamb on the list, and I don't have Michael Gallup on the list, and a lot of people were asking me why, and that's really the thought process. I would rather take the later guy who I think actually has maybe slightly more upside at his value than the guy who's going a little earlier. I don't I'm not saying I fully think CD is going to pass Gallup, but I think that is very much within the realm of possibility at this point. Just saying. I don't think we can just ink Gallup in as automatically ahead of CD all throughout the entire season. To open the season, yes, but not throughout the entire season. Uh Brandon Ayuk, further along than a lot of rookies according to Kyle Shanahan and I think this is very important because it sounds like Jalen Hurd uh, tore his ACL today. That stinks. It's annoying. It's really annoying because Jalen Hurd, we didn't get him last year. It's tough. I'm, it's got to be tough on him. And now here we go, yet again. I hope he's not one of those players where we just never get him on the field because he just can't get there. But it certainly seems like we're going down that path. It has not been con- confirmed as of me recording this podcast at about 4.30 Eastern on Monday, but does certainly sound like that's the case. Also, we have no idea when Debo is going to be on the field. Shanahan said he's not counting on him being on the field in week one. So I like Ayuk a lot. Uh, he is ready to play. And I think that really is going to be helpful here. Guy who's super athletic. You can get him into space and do things in the short and intermediate game. I mean, he's a, pl- a player with a very good skill set for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I will say this, just throwing this out there. Debo Samuel. We don't know when he's going to be on the field. And I don't think we're going to have an indication if your drafts this weekend, next weekend. I don't think we're going to have a concrete indication of when he's going to be on the field. That being said, if Debo Samuel's on the board and it's the 10th round, I'm probably going to pick him. And I'll tell you why. If, let's say, he's back in two weeks, three weeks into the season, and we took him in the 10th round, you're going to get a very nice ROI. Because I would take him as early as the 5th round if he was fully healthy. Fifth round, no problem. Very nice ROI. In the 10th round, beautiful. And let's say he ends up, you draft him in the 10th round, he ends up being pupped. All right. Put him on IR, cut him, whatever you got to do. I don't mind that move at all. Uh, LaVishka Chenault impressing uh, coaches with his toughness, his hands, his route running. Doesn't surprise me. Keep an eye on him. That dude is a brick house. He's not draftable right now, but it, would it completely shock me if you know he just completely wrestles that slot receiver job away from D.D. Westbrook? Not at all. Not at all. This dude's a beast. He's not a big play guy. Not a big play. He's a low ADOC guy, but he's a beast. Just keep an eye on him. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Rich Semini over at ESPN. All right, keep the podcast on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> he said that the plan is to use... Frank Gore a little bit to lessen some of the workload on Le'Veon Bell, but I don't, I, really, I don't think this 
impacts Lev's touches. It's more of the snap workload. Like, really, this is something that Carolina probably should have done, to be honest with you. Get somebody in there who can lessen the snap workload for McCaffrey, and that will help. I mean, Bell averaged over 20 touches per game. You know, that's my ultimate rebuttal to anybody out there who says, oh, well, Adam Gase doesn't know how to use his running back. Well, he used the F out of this running back. That's how you use him. So it wasn't the problem last year. And I think this will help. We're hearing Bell is cutting weight. I mean, we're not going to go overboard. We've learned. It would be shame on us if we really went overboard on Le'Veon Bell. But like I said, this dude in a draft that I was just in fell to the freaking fifth round two picks before Devin Singletary. Come on. That's just crazy value. Can't look at that and, and say that's bad. Miles Sanders, speaking of not bad, Hey, he's going to be the guy. So somebody hit me up on Twitter and said, Hey, Jeff, you still think that there's going to be a veteran worked in? As of now, it still would not surprise me. I did talk to Adam Kaplan on my SiriusXM show, and Adam is plugged in with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he said that still could happen. However, he said basically what Doug Peterson has now come out said. This isn't Doug Peterson saying this multiple times that Sanders is the guy in the backfield. My worry is just that if you get a veteran in, he's going to take just enough off of Sanders' plate to bump him from you know being that sort of consistent high upside RB1 to more of a fringe RB1. That's why I position him at 12, 13 in my rankings. I'm not down on him by any means. I'm just I guess I'm, you know, I'm doing the conservative I I run projections models thing that I do and trying to look at all potential outcomes here. Now, if that doesn't happen, then yes, Sanders is every bit a first round pick, but to just sort of minimize the risk a little bit, that's why I'm positioning more as a front end second round guy. But man, front end second round with Miles Sanders is pretty pretty solid with his upside there. So it's something to think about uh, with him. I did see a funny note from the Packers. Their general manager compared A.J. Dillon to Eddie Lacy. And it's like every fantasy player out there reads that is like, no! But he doesn't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> it's not... Uh, the Eddie Lacy that we remember, it's the Eddie Lacy from earlier in his career, a bigger dude who can be an early down guy. Maybe not much. Well, A.J. Dillon, I can tell you this right out. He's not going to be much in the passing game. But I also think that in a lot of ways, this could spell the end of Aaron Jones there. I certainly think Jamal Williams is definitely out. And I really do think Aaron Jones is on his way out next year. So this is the A.J. Dillon show next year. But if you have seen, go look at a picture of him from camp. This dude is jacked, <laughs> just absolutely brick house. Uh, really, imp- he's a specimen. He's not going to make you miss, but he'll run you over. He'll run you over. Sad day for me, one of my broke backs, a deep broke back here. But uh, if you're not familiar with what a broke back means, these are guys I just don't know how to quit. And a kind of lesser one, a deep dynasty one is Rodney Anderson. I just, man, so much potential, but the Bengals waved him. He failed his physical. Um, so they waved him, unfortunately. Uh, what could have been Rodney Anderson? What could have been? But maybe another one, Bryce Love. Hey, Ian Rappaport said he looked pretty good, pretty good at training camp and could be a factor there in the Washington backfield. This is not Ian Rappaport reporting. Let's be clear about that. This is Ian Rappaport basing it on what he is seeing. Uh, that being said, that's not bad. And the backfield is very much up in the air. Now, John Kime said Antonio Gibson could fill that role, uh, what, what Gar- Darius Geis was going to do in this offense. Now, that can mean a wide range of things. 
I can't see them giving him that many carries, but it, I can't rule anything out in 2020. I would really fully anticipate the team goes in with Adrian Peterson in September as the early down guy, but it's 2020 and anything could happen, so we obviously need to be at least paying attention somewhat to what Bryce Love does here in camp for Washington. Pretty interesting, man. Bryce freaking Love. Love it. Love it. Anyway, that was a lot of news. A lot of news items. But like I said, tomorrow on the show, we're going to dive in. The draft day checklist. All the things you need to accomplish on draft day to dominate, to build the best possible roster. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, in the meantime, stop by ftnfantasy.com. For all the goods over there, tons of great content, rankings, projections as well up on the site. Loving what we're doing right now at FTNFantasy.com. So go ahead and stop by and support what we're doing over there. Remember, use that promo code RANT, all right? MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Help me out. Help me out. And I'll help you out. Also, if you don't mind and you got a couple spare seconds here, review the show on iTunes. That'd be a huge help to me. All you have to do is review it and rate it. And really, the easiest way to rate it is super easy. If you have an iPhone, open up your iPhone podcast app, find my podcast, The Rant, and simply scroll to the bottom, click the stars, you're done. Bada bing, bada bam. Reviewing it also helps me out a lot. You can follow along with me on social media at Jeff Ratcliffe. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. You get priority over everybody else. I see you, Rat Pack. I see you. All right, I'll be back on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.